If you are from the greater Toronto area and over the age of 60, you know very well the details of this story. I'm not even close, so I had to do some research. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. How often can you say the hurricane that hit Toronto? It simply doesn't happen. So other factors had to have been in play on October 16th of 1954 when Hurricane Hazel put a royal beatdown on the biggest city in Canada this day in weather history. First thing that must be understood, Hurricane Hazel was a legit major player in that year's Atlantic hurricane season. This story is not just about Toronto. This was a big deal long before Canada. It started as a tropical wave off the coast of Africa in early October and then was named Hazel as a tropical storm on October 5th. Then Hazel was on the move through the Caribbean Sea but ran into or over no land masses. Now just before I dive into the Toronto impact, it is important also to note that as a whole, Hazel was very unpredictable. It defied meteorologists' predictions on multiple occasions and this made it therefore an extremely dangerous storm. On October 14th, just before its first landfall on the Carolinas, Hazel's wind speeds rocketed to 240 kilometers per hour, or 150 miles per hour, and that qualified it to be upgraded to a Category 4 storm. And it was coming in hot. Approaching land, Hazel was moving at a very high forward speed of 48 kilometers per hour. That's 30 miles an hour. Nothing could slow this monster down. After landfall, it weakened to a Category 3 storm as it passed over Raleigh, North Carolina, and then from there, it was off to New York and then Pennsylvania. By the time it reached Canada, it was an extratropical but still Category 1 storm. Hazel did not act alone. I mentioned that. Merging, or meteorologically phasing, with a cold front, it created a new center of low pressure. This new broad and intense area of low pressure proceeded to move straight to Toronto, once over the big smoke, the storm ran into a blocking area of high pressure that was situated just to the northeast, which caused it to essentially stall out where it lay. The eye of this storm at midnight on the 15th was now over downtown Toronto. With this in place, Hazel was allowed to literally unload most of its moisture in one focused area. That just so happened to also be the most densely populated city center in Canada. But this 1954 season was a particularly wet and active one. In the weeks before Hazel, Toronto had suffered several heavier rain events, soaking the region and saturating the earth. So, with this in mind, Toronto took the brunt of the damage, but Snellgrove, Ontario, that's near Brampton, received the most rain, 8.5 inches, or 214 millimeters of rain. In the metro area, areas east of the Don River, they reported only 77 millimeters or 3 inches that day, with rainfall totals decreasing as they went east. However, Malton Airport, that's what it was called back then, by the way, it's now known, of course, as Lester B. Pearson International Airport, they reported 137 millimeters or 5.5 inches of rain, with the totals increasing until just past Brampton, which I mentioned had been in the crosshairs of over 200 millimeters of rain. The soil could simply not hold that amount of rain, and as a result, over 90% of it went into Toronto's waterways. Here is where the overland flooding started to get out of hand. 
prone to flooding, the Humber River raced downstream from Woodbridge when an earthen dam failed. The low-lying areas near the Humber were mostly residential at the time and as a result were among the worst affected regions during this storm. In the end, Hazel cost Toronto 81 lives while also leaving over 4,000 families homeless. The total dollar cost was pegged at just over $137.5 million, which equates in modern-day terms to about $1.3 billion in damages. It was the deadliest and costliest storm of the 1954 Atlantic hurricane season, and this happened in a city where you have to literally catch a flight with a movie and a meal served before you can even reach an ocean side. Toronto's infrastructure also took a major hit, with as much as 50 bridges, 5-0, being washed out by the rising waters. Torontonians did not have any prior experience with hurricanes, and the storm as a whole proved to have come as a big surprise. Following Hazel, residential development in areas along Toronto waterways was strictly prohibited, and where there once were homes became parks instead. Lesson learned this day in weather history. Tomorrow is October 17th, and this marks the day the Earth literally opened up and destroyed the world-famous Marina District of San Francisco while also sending an Earth-rippling terror through Candlestick Park, where the San Francisco Giants and Cross Bay rival Oakland A's were warming up to play Game 3 of the 1989 World Series. We'll go back to October 17, 1989, and the World Series earthquake on this day in weather history. With me, your host, Chris May.